Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I'm Sam North, the trading school lead here in the UK, and I am joined by our market analyst out in Australia, Josh Gilbert. It's great to have you with us again, Josh. Thanks for joining. Yeah, hi, Sam. Great to be back again. I'm looking forward to this one again today. Good stuff. How's, uh, how's the week been? How was your weekend? Did you get up to much? Quiet weekend. I'm not going to talk about my football result. It wasn't very good, so we'll leave that one aside. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's okay. It's sunny here in Australia. I can't complain. Crypto market's keeping me entertained as well. Um, but I'm excited now for, for, for Sunday. Bring on the Euros. I'll leave that there as well because people are probably bored of talking about us talking about football. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's it for me, really. How about you? Yeah. You know, I, I, well, the last two times I played football, I really... I really let myself down. Um, two, <laughs> two games, no goals, really unfit. However, my golf has improved quite a bit. So I feel like I'm at that stage of my life where my legs aren't working like they used to, as Ed Sheeran would say. And now I've uh, yeah transitioned over to golf. Um, it's a business sport, golf. So it's, yeah, you know, it's a good place to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Without uh, further ado, let's. Let's crack on with the podcast and uh, what, have we, what have we got for the guys today? What have we got for the, the listeners? Yeah, look, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. I think probably the first thing to probably know is that uh, probably what's been removing markets or uh, what's been in focus. And I think there's been those uh, those sort of meme meme stocks, you know, your AMCs, um, GameStops, they've sort of been, been in focus. Again, they've been moving markets, but... I think it's a general broader market and we should probably touch on the NFP data that we had on, on Friday. Um, you know, that was quite a, a key number in, in both sides. Um, so that would be interesting to, to look at. We can also look at a bit more macro news as well. We've got CPI and inflation data on Thursday. Um, again, keywords really at the moment they've sort of been flying around quite a lot and also yeah a bit of an update on crypto and yeah we'll maybe have some predictions as well see what we can uh see what we can predict that's going to happen in maybe the latter end of the year yeah give us give some outlook for our listeners as well yeah looking forward to that and, and everything we're going to to cover starting off then uh last friday as usual the first friday of the month non-farm payrolls we saw a headline number 559,000. I mean, if you had said we would get a number of 559,000 two years ago, <laughs> you would uh, you'd be laughed out of the office. But here we are. Second largest number in the last 12 months. But looking at the way the markets reacted, they weren't too impressed. We were expecting a bigger and better release. So it seemed that bad news is good news again. What was your what was your take on the data set as a, as a whole? Yeah, exactly. I think you said it there, Sam. The report wasn't too strong. It wasn't that weak either, really. Um, it did come in lower than expectations. Expectations were quite high, around I think about six hundred sixty-five thousand. So it did come in under expectations, but it was obviously much better than the shocker that we had in uh, 
in April, I think it's 278,000. So yeah, much, much better than that um, from last month. But um, yeah, that, that sort of number really clearly shows that that labor market is, is recovering. Um, as we know, the, the economy in the US is, is booming at the moment anyway. Um, I think probably a key thing to note is that for our investors, investors listening and maybe people who don't know the nfp data and why it's important is is basically because of the i in terms of identifying trends related to the rate of you know economic growth and inflation um, so that's why we're talking about that and, and why these are key because it, we can see how many jobs um you know are being added um you know in the us it gives us a sign of unemployment as well so that's just a give a bit of a brief overview for maybe listeners that weren't aware um but like you say it's good news in the sense that it's easing those fears um that this sort of extremely fast u.s economic recovery will obviously force the fed to start tightening policy early so it's good news obviously in in that sense um that the lower number will probably you know hold hold the fed off um given the fact that we've already seen bond yields jump so far uh, this year from 0.9% uh, to 1.7 in, in Q1 this year. We've seen markets stay pretty resilient. The S&P is up 14% year to date. Um, so I'd say that the markets have had you know, a stress test already with that. Um, you know, It's sort of being supported uh, well by uh, strong earnings. We have seen strong earnings so far in Q1, some really big numbers from the, those big names. So they're being supported there. Um, but I think we'll have to wait until the 15th and the 16th of this month when the Fed will obviously sit down again uh, to see if they talk tapering. But uh, but as I say, this will certainly ease the pressure pressure in the short term. Yeah, good point on the Federal Reserve meeting next Wednesday, uh, US time. Um, moving on then, you mentioned at the beginning for our listeners, we're going to have a little touch upon the, the US CPI, which is out uh, Thursday this week. Uh, I'm sure the word transitionary uh will be trending online again it might be worth muting that uh for some bad takes but uh we're expecting uh, an increase on the core year-on-year figure from uh three percent to three point four percent so a decent increase what are your your thoughts going into into the release what could see the markets push higher dramatically versus what do you feel could send the markets lower yeah, I think, as you say, those are the key words right now. Um, you know, inflation, uh, CPI, maybe for some investors as well, some, some new words as well. We haven't had inflation spoken about in this capacity, capacity for so many years, and we haven't even seen inflation in, in that sense, um, you know, for, for such a long time. I have to go back a long way to, to sort of really see that. I think for, for this CPI, we will see it, you know, slightly over that 3% where we are now. Um, as you say, that expectation at 3.4%, it'll probably come in between that 3 and 3.4%. Um, and we can expect that to probably fall back to about 2.5% next year. Um, I think we can also touch on the that inflation data that we're going to see as well in this latest release i, I expect that to sort of reach about 4.8 percent year over year um and i expect that to be the peak as well um but we will see and, and as you say uh, you know in terms of driving markets to send markets lower i think we'd have to see a you know number over that three and 3.4 percent that's expected um you know really beating uh what, what the expectations came in as um because i think we're already quite high where we are um so as as we as we know markets obviously hate surprises um so anything over that would would obviously be a surprise and i think that would send markets lower but um i do think that this is already expected 
Um, so as I say, I think it will come in slightly above the 3%. Um, I think look, the, the market right now is obviously worried about inflation and tapering. I think those are the main fears for investors. Uh, but I think a key thing to note is if we go back and spin this back to say 2013, um, when we look at what the Fed did then, we had a surprise from the Fed when they talked about tapering in, in 2013. I think it was in May. Um, what we saw then was that you know they, they did start to taper. This accelerated then a sharp sell-off in bonds with the 10-year yields rising uh, from under 2% to, to 3% um, in September that year. Um, equities then initially lost 5% as well before regaining footing. Um, and overall, the S&P saw uh, a, a huge return that year, about 32% in 2013. So I think, you know, maybe we can see this as some guidance as to, to what to expect. Um, you know, maybe if, if tapering does start, um, it may be not as, as bad as many people are expecting. But, um, but yeah, it's certainly interesting. These numbers are definitely, you know, investors need to watch. And, and you know, more importantly, those traders out there will certainly need to, to keep an eye on these, these, uh, these numbers because it will be a, a key driver for the markets over the next uh, sort of week or two. So, yeah, certainly interesting. The, the S&P 500 you mentioned there. So on the, the Market Watch webinar, uh, and for any listeners that haven't tuned in, Tuesdays, we, we do that 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. UK time. Free to sign up via the eToro Trading School. So feel free to, to join in on that. But we were talking about how the S&P is literally just below uh, its all-time high, finished pretty much flat on Tuesday's trading session. But it's such a key level that regardless of the announcement, it could be a point where people look to take profit anyway. So mm. just be aware of that. I think there's a few key resistance levels in, in equity markets at the moment. And like you said, the Fed next week, it, it's uh, it's been a good short-term top um, as a guide. Certainly last year, quite a few meetings marked a top. Could this be the same? Look, we're going to have to wait and find out. And uh, we're just seven days away from that next Fed meeting. Moving on. And next on our agenda is uh, is an update for our listeners on the crypto space, the crypto world. What are your thoughts? Anything on your radar? Yeah, well, funny you say that, actually, is as we start to talk about crypto, I've actually just had a notification come through to say that uh, El Salvador has become the first country to adopt oh, Bitcoin as, as, as legal tender. I know that was sort of the rumors, uh, yeah. Yeah, the rumors, but that's apparently now just come through as, as official. So, um, yeah, that came out obviously the Bitcoin conference in Miami last week, which caught a lot of media, media attention there. Um, as I say, El Salvador has, uh, have obviously gone ahead with that. And we've seen, um, a few other countries looking to sort of adopt it. Um, you know, Bitcoin as legal tender, you know, Paraguay, Mexico are expected to sort of follow suit as well. Um, but yeah, it's had a Bitcoin has had a bit of a sell off really this week. Um, it sort of jumped back up to 39,000 last week. Now we sort of sold back off. I think tested that uh, sort of support level at 30k. We dropped about 31,000 last night. So it's sort of testing those levels um, again, which is is pretty interesting. Um, I think we've recovered pretty nicely today. Yeah, back up about 34,000. So I think that news um, from, you know, that the El Salvador um, becoming the country to to adopt it maybe has, uh, has sort of given the, the, the price a bit of a spike there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're of course obviously seeing a, you know, two far, twofold to it again, as we always do. Um, Trump has obviously come out this week talking Bitcoin in the last few days. 
Um, you know, he has obviously got a very biased view, of course, but he, he obviously doesn't like Bitcoin. I think he labeled it as a scam against the, the US dollar. Um, again, we obviously know he's going to be very bullish on the US dollar anyway, but, um, you know, he sees it as a threat. I think he said, um, you know, competing against the dollar. He doesn't like anything competing against the dollar. But, you know, really for me, I, I don't really think it's a currency in that sense. Um, you know, I, I think it will be more used as a store of value, you know, that, you know, something like a digital gold. You know, it doesn't really make sense for me to, to spend a, a Bitcoin, um, maybe another asset. I think he should be probably more worried about stable coins or central banks discussing their own digital currencies rather than maybe, maybe Bitcoin. But as I say, this is a huge step forward with something like um, the, these countries accepting uh, Bitcoin as legal tender. So it will certainly be uh, be interesting to watch what comes from that. But yeah, as I say, I think Bitcoin is is pretty much is, is far too volatile in, in my eyes to be a currency that will be that will be spent broadly moving forward. But it just shows that uh, countries are starting to adapt it. And I think the key thing here is is that institutionalization um, you know, that's being picked up now. And I think that will be a key driver. Uh, for the crypto markets um, over the next sort of couple of months and, and next few years as well, really. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a few things to really keep an eye on and, and see how that develops in the short to medium term. But you're right. I think to be a currency, way too volatile at the moment. Um, but mm-hmm. no, down the line, especially if it becomes more institutionalised, that may sort that out. So yeah, definitely one to, to keep an eye on. And yeah, like you said, Bitcoin just... Just pushing higher a couple of percent in the, in the sort of time we've been talking today, maybe down to that El Salvador news. However, you could argue it was priced in a bit. Anyway, thanks for the, the overview on, on the crypto space. I'm sure we'll, we'll cover that again next week and we can see how prices reacted to those. But to wrap things up this week and seeing as we're, well, we're almost halfway through the, the last month of quarter two, I thought it'd be good to have some second half of the year predictions. So, of course, if the last 18 months have shown us anything, longer-term predictions can be, well, well, pretty hard. I mean, to predict we were going to have a pandemic and markets were going to crash 30 40%, then push higher 50%, yeah, you can't really predict that. So no pressure on us, but uh, let's give it a go. S&P 500 uh, end of year target, Bitcoin end of year target, and obviously crude oil, as that's in the in the news at the moment. Those will be our free to discuss. Um, I would just like to stress to our listeners that this is, of course, not investment advice. But moving on, Josh, S&P 500, where do you think it is going to be trading on December the 31st, 2021? Yeah, good question. Um, to be honest, I think it was, it's probably outperformed many people's expectations so far this uh, this year, um, particularly with with what we've seen from, as I say, things like the bond yields uh, and things like that. The markets stayed pretty resilient. So I think we have a high chance of seeing the S&P trading much higher than where we are um, now in, in December. Uh, I think the key thing to probably note here is that there will certainly be quite a bit of volatility in the second half of this year probably more than what we've seen so far at the start of it. Um, but I think through the volatility, we'll probably see some drops over that time. We'll see some dips, um, of course, but then I think we'll end the year pretty strong. I think for me, um, we can probably add maybe another 10, 10 or so percent from where we are now. I think we could probably look at trading close to 4,800, 4,900 and 
maybe even test that 5,000 range, but I think maybe a, a, add a 10% on to where we are now would, would be a strong year overall, especially when we look at the gain from, from last year um, and even 2019, if we put onto that, you know, that'll be three strong consecutive years um, if we put another 10% on that. So yeah, it's, it's a big target, but I think it's definitely possible. I think, as I say, tech will be supported by strong earnings growth. I think that will continue. Um, but I, I think that sector might sort of plateau. And I think that's why having that sort of medium range of maybe a 10% gain, um, you know, will, will sort of be limited because I think growth will slow and, and but cyclicals will remain the, the strong point. Um, good growth for the rest of the year from cyclicals, um, strong earnings. At, at the moment, I think looking at some sectors in, in cyclical areas, financials, things like JP Morgan, you know, still undervalued. So I think we could still see uh, a lot of potential moving from from those stocks, which will obviously help uh, drive the markets higher. So that's that's my take anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like it. I like the points. I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to be pretty boring and go pretty much the, the same as you. I think, yeah, I think we can get 5,000. I think the the markets will have a bit of volatility. I think inflation is going to be transitory. I think um, we we can continue to to push on after a market, the market has had maybe another little wobble. Um, so yeah, 5,000 would be would be my guess educated guess i would say at the moment there's a couple of you know key levels that if they were to go you've got to change your mind and, and to trade what you see but yeah i'm, I'm with you on that next and, and probably even harder <laughs> even harder to to predict is is bitcoin so uh in well just over six months time 31st of december where is the crypto og bitcoin going to be trading in your opinion yeah hard one you, you definitely said that right um and it's funny actually i actually have a few predictions and maybe i should say wages with some of the guys in the office um, yeah. so uh it's just quite an interesting one a few guys that are super bullish on it so uh um you look I, i'd love to say 100k which is uh you know a number that i think our wages are sort of a riding on but i just don't think that we will get to that number this year um really uh, you know and i think even if you were super bullish on on crypto i think to say that wanting it to be at a hundred thousand at the end of the year might be quite not, not dangerous, but you know, we, we would expect it to be back in bubble territory again. And no one likes to be in these sort of sort of ranges. So I certainly think we'll definitely be above where we are uh, as of today. I think I'll go safe. And I, th- I think I'll say we'll be back trading around sort of the 60 K levels again, um, sort of the, that sort of year high that we've already seen, um, you know, because from here we, we've still got to go, um, a long way to, to get back up to those 60, 60, I think it was 64,000, I think Bitcoin reach. So we still got to go a long way to get to that, those sort of prices, but more adoption from institutions, as I say, you know, that, that news that we mentioned earlier is obviously really positive. I think that, that will sort of drive the price. Um, you know, I think as we said as well, those sort of popular growth tech stocks, there probably are maybe a losing uh, investor sentiment. Um, you know, we've seen those rise so much over the last sort of two years investors i think will be looking for that growth elsewhere and i think crypto you know does offer that uh, so i think we'll see that rotation into those other assets so yeah for me we'll all sort of be safe and, and sort of save between 16 65,000. i think a lot of people will be relatively happy with that considering we we just hit uh the 30,000 mark but uh yeah for me I, i'm i'm even more conservative I'd, I'd say around the sort of 45 uh thousand level i think there's a bit more downside to come but I'm more than happy to be able to change my mind. And if on the institutional side, it really starts to pick up again. Um, I saw recently one bank sort of 
were mentioning it was in their more riskier assets. Um, but if that does start to pick up again, yeah, I think we we can push higher. And then that does lead to, you know, the all-time highs being being talked again, for sure. Um, last but uh, by no means least, crude oil, currently trading near that 70 dollar barrel such key resistance levels above where we're trading uh where do you see us at the end of the year yeah demand's uh obviously really really strong at the moment um obviously uh, i think we mentioned last week it was uh nowhere near the the same level that we had um uh, last year so we've obviously seen those dramatic price swings over the last year um but yeah obviously coming into the summer as we say in in obviously the us and in europe as well so that will drive demand in the short term so I think a key thing to probably know is that supply chains are going to begin to normalize again. Uh, shipping costs are, are likely to go back to, to less inflated levels than, than what we've seen, which has sort of put that upward pressure on the, the price of oil um, recently and uh, going back a couple of months as well. Um, and I think that will sort of ease pressure on, on the prices as well. Um, in the short term, I still do think it remains bullish over the next couple of months. I think it will test some higher levels. Um, again, Sam, you might be able to give us some more technical insights into those those levels that it, that it might test moving moving upwards. But I still think it has a bit of room to grow. But for me, when I think it does test those levels, I think it will then be hard to sustain it. Um, so I, I will say we'll sort of, you know, by the end of the year, pull back to sixty dollars, um, being kind to it, sixty five dollars a barrel. But I think more. More relative would be yeah between that 60 65 mark um because i'm not sure once we get to those high levels I'm, I'm not sure that can be sustained um so you know pushing anywhere past 75 80 dollars yeah for me we can't sustain that towards uh you know for a six month period of time as i say short term i'm you know i think it will, will remain bullish but after that uh, i'm not sure it will sustain those high levels so yeah i'm with you i think we can go 75 76 and that is that really key point from 2018 and and then uh, i think it's 2011 and, and 12 just a really key market level i think we can get there and then yes i think we can start to, to sort of drift back down for me six months time yeah i don't think that far from where we're trading now i think we can push higher as mentioned hit some resistance the world is back to a bit more of a normality and yeah price can, can therefore just start to to drift down again unbelievable run that it has been on though uh, anyway uh but yeah look thank you guys and uh we'll we'll wrap the this week's podcast up there thank you for for listening as always guys and you can learn more about the markets by visiting our eToro trading school we have a weekly webinar every tuesday we're actually adding another one uh on tuesday so there'll be two on tuesday one for more beginners uh one for those who are more advanced we've also got uh, a trading course free training course of course uh starting at the the end of the month so feel free to come and join those if you want we'll be back next week as usual josh thank you very much for joining no uh, thanks everyone for joining as well and thanks sam we'll uh, see you again next week take care guys You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.